What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio. You are listening to 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. You're hanging out here on um, this wonderful little Monday. Yeah. Things getting started. How's it going, Conroe? You know what's weird is you guys talked to me earlier today. I did an interview today with uh, with the Dickie Shizzler. The Shizzler man. The Shizzlizzler. Shizzlizzler. The Shizzlizzler. The Shizzlizzler. I'm sure he's going to really appreciate us calling him that. <laughs> the Shuzabazabuzaba. Great guy. Eh. Okay, guy. <laughs> he's all right. <laughs> all right, guy. No, nah, I like the Shizzler. He's a good guy. Um. Anyway, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, that's, it. that's the end of the story. Uh, Welcome to Nerd Thug Radio, guys. We're hanging out here on this Monday. Uh, Coming back after 2.50. Oh, yeah. This is 2.51 now. 2.51. Which means I'm going to be able to count episodes for like a week and then I'll forget where we are. <laughs> is this 208? 208 sounds good. Yeah, why not 208? Uh, so 251 here. Uh, we got a lot going on this week, so we're just going to kind of jump right into it. Um, the moratorium has lifted on on Joker. Uh, yeah, it's 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 been an experience to say the least. Um, so you've seen it. I have. I just recently saw it. I have not seen it, and I honestly have zero interest in seeing it. Strange, um, but okay. I haven't, I, I haven't seen a single preview where I was like, I want to see this movie. Previews have moments that make you want to see the movie. The previews sell movies, and this preview, all of these previews, have been like creepy, but not scary movie creepy. Yeah, it's but definitely been, more of a thriller than anything else. But but they, they've shown no thrilling moments in any previews. Either way. They basically just ask the public to go see the movie because it's the Joker. Or yeah. you, or because it's Joaquin Phoenix. And it's done great. It's it's like almost hit a billion dollars. Yeah, it's I think it's the most successful it's quote most. superhero R movie. It's the most I think I think the, the math is it's the most profitable because it was the cheapest. Was it? Yeah. Was it cheaper than Deadpool? I think so. Deadpool didn't get a lot of money. It didn't get a lot of money, but it also didn't make a billion dollars. The first one, I don't know. I mean, you might be right. I have no concept of who. I don't know. I don't know the budgets of the. I remember Deadpool one. I think had like a sixty million dollar budget. Yeah, Ryan was, Reynolds was, put in like a lot, like his own money. A little right. Bit. Yeah. It was. It was. A, it was a low budget movie, but it didn't make a billion dollars. It made good money, but it yeah, didn't it made make, like eight hundred. Yeah. Seven hundred. I don't think anyone's mad. No, at that. no one's mad. Yeah. But it's definitely. It's not the. It's not the best. Joker's technically the most profitable because it was the cheapest and made almost a billion dollars so far. And yeah. It's honestly, still gonna air for a little while. I just I haven't seen anything that makes me want to go see the movie. It's got nothing to do with the politics of it. It's got nothing to do with the whatever that that some people. I'm of two I'm of two thoughts, and they and they and they run parallel to each other. Okay. One, I don't feel like we need a Joker origin story to. No, that's fair. To enjoy the Joker, like I don't need, I don't need to know why Heath Ledger is the way he is. I don't need to know why Jack Nicholson is the way he is. Like it is what it is. Like he is the Joker. I think that's a kind of a great point to make because we really don't get those origin stories. We don't know who the Joker is like ninety percent of the time. Well, and I think they've toured around with the idea that there's been three Jokers. Yes, and this is technically, I think, one of them by name. By name, this is one of them. Uh, Batman White Knight names the Joker Jack Napier, mm-hmm. which I think is the same character name that Jack Nicholson's guy had in Batman. 
in Tim Burton's Batman. Interesting. Because at the beginning of that movie, Jack Nicholson is—he's a mobster working for the city councilman of Gotham, ah. and it's during all of that that he gets dropped off in the in the crazy juice and turns into a clown and goes crazy and all that. Right. I think he was Jack Napier in that. I'll have to double check that, but well, I'll double check that on the break. But off the top of my head, he—but he did have a character name in that movie. Hmm. So it's weird to me. Yeah, this one is Arthur Fleck. Arthur Fleck, okay. Yeah, and that's one of the it's one of the three Joker names. Yeah, um, I just I never they still haven't even ironed out the Joker situation. No, because it was like a big deal like a couple years ago, and they just kind of were like, "All right, here's three names," and then like pieced out. <laughs> yeah, so they did a, a crazy storyline where at one point the Justice League basically become the gods of DC Universe to stop Darkseid from erasing all life. And Batman becomes the god of knowledge. And so he sits on what's called the chair of Mitran. And Mitran is one of the new gods, and he has this chair that basically studies and accumulates knowledge. It's like an encyclopedia. Sort of, except it literally is everything. And so the chair asks Batman if there's anything he wants to know, and Batman only has one question, and he's like, I want to know who the Joker is. And the chair's like, which one? No! Big moment. I don't know. I just like he did that, and then he wanted to see like the guy who killed his parents. I think was the other question. Uh, no. Well, see, and I don't even remember if that was the other question because th- there's two versions of the Batman story, and one of them they catch the killer, and he goes on trial, and he's like a nobody. He's like a low level thug. Yeah. And then another version, they've never caught him. So one of the two. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, man. This is just, I don't know. So, in the build-up to this movie, there was a ton of people feeling certain ways, okay? Uh, And I think the clearest way to kind of categorize the arguments was a lot of people, there seem to be two parallel sentiments right now in the world that lone wolf, white male, angry people, um are a problem in society, and then there's this other thought that white people are being targeted in society right now. And so somehow this movie found itself in the middle of that, where a lot of people were like, we don't need this story because it empowers those people. And so if it's going to empower those people then now all of a sudden you're going to have this weird conversation about, like, is it justified to be a bad person? Because that's... Some people were saying that's what an origin story does. And then other people were saying, well, this just tells an interesting story about how somebody can go crazy. Which, uh, okay, all right, either way. Do we need this movie? You've seen it now. Yes. Do, do we need the Joker movie? Um, I think so, because it's it, it actually says a very... Like, a lot of people, I feel like the people who are saying, like, it has no message or its message is dangerous, like, miss the entire point of the movie. What do you think the message is? The message is to treat people better. As wild as a character the Joker is, legitimately, at any point during this movie, if anyone treated him well, it would have changed the outcome of where he would have gone. Do you believe that? I think so, because it, 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 it builds him as a sympathetic character, and not that his actions are justified, 
because he doesn't he doesn't kill people just because he wants to kill people. He in the movie he targets people that have wronged him and hurt him specifically. So So do you See that opens up a whole can of worms of questions that I'm not comfortable with. So it goes like this. All right. So you have two trains of thought for this. Is is are criminals completely a victim of circumstance or do they hold responsibility and accountability for what they do? I believe that people can find themselves in bad circumstance and then make a poor decision and you've got to kind of tackle both issues. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, okay, somebody is addicted to drugs and their life is spiraled and that's why they robbed a 7-Eleven. Okay, so they need to do time for robbing a 7-Eleven and for hurting society. But then we also, while they're serving time, let's let's teach them, let's give them the skills to be able to turn dr- drugs down. Let's give them the skills right. to detox and not go back to drugs. To help them. So then when they come out, they're equipped mentally and emotionally to deal with the issues in their life that were forcing them to make bad decisions that led to committing crime. Exactly. So then you get both ways. Society is paid back. They've paid. They've returned their debt, but now they're also equipped to not go back. It sounds like you're saying that society could have prevented this, the creation of the Joker, the DC society, I guess I should say. The Gotham society. Simply by being kind to him. Um... And not not only that, because yes, he does he does hold certain things, but you also you also later find out that his he was he was set up for failure in a lot of different ways, starting out when he was young. So they yeah, there's an issue of abuse, right? Is that is right. that kind of hinted at or told or? So we find out in the movie. Spoiler warning: It's only three weeks old. It's still in the theaters, but it's been so long at this point. Um, we find he finds out later that his his mother was was crazy. Okay. She adopted him. Tried to use him as leverage against Thomas Wayne, Bruce Wayne's dad. Oh. Um and when that plan didn't work cuz they find out that he was adopted, they're like obviously he's not my son if we Yeah, if he's not. If yeah. he's not even your if you adopt, kid. yeah, if not even your kid. So she had no Joker's mom had an affair with Thomas Wayne. Yes. And was going to use the Joker as as leverage to to get money from Thomas Wayne, yeah, to get something from. Okay, him. So, so that he, doesn't work. That doesn't work, and what ends up happening is that he gets he basically just gets abandoned. Uh, he's like severely beat and tormented by her boyfriend, and she's eventually admitted into the Arkham Asylum for being a crazy person. Right. Okay. And he doesn't find that out till like later when his whole life is at this point falling apart. Um. He works as a clown. He gets like beat up by some children in like the opening scene of the movie. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, basically, everything's just falling apart around him. So his world comes crumbling down. Like he has all these crazy hallucinations about this is like favorite talk show host. This is the De Niro character. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think his name's Murray something. I forget what it is. But uh, so he finds out that his mom's crazy. She's lied to him his whole life. Um, his mom's crazy. She lied to him his whole life. He gets fired. He, uh, one of his clown buddies gives him a gun after he gets beat up by these kids. Uh, and he's like, why do I have this gun? And he, he just has it with him for the whole movie. Uh, 
he has it for him the whole movie. He then is like performing in front of like these cancer children, and his gun falls out of his pocket. Oh God! Uh, and then he gets fired. So he's like, "Great, now my only source of income is gone." Then they close down the social services he's been seeing to get his medication for his craziness. So, so he's unemployed off his meds. Unemployed off of his meds. Uh, and when he's coming home after getting fired, uh, some old, uh, some Wayne Tech boys are harassing this lady in a train. And eventually she walks off and he's just having a fit of laughter because he's done that the entire movie. He just laugh when things are going wrong. He, no, he just he, yeah, he just like laughs wildly, just oh, okay. out of just you know, because he's crazy. So he's uh, so he gets assaulted. They start beating him up, and then he just shoots one of them, and then he shoots the other one, and then he shoots the third kid, <laughs> and then runs away. Uh, and then runs away, and then uh, dances maniacally in a public bathroom. <laughs> After he. After he triple murders these people, after getting beat up, to be fair, were were they? So it's sort of like a vigilante moment. Yeah, because they literally are like kicking him. They're like they threw him on the ground. And they just started kicking him. He shoots one of them, and then he shoots the other kid. But then the third one's running away. Well, at and that then, point, and then he shoots that. Yeah, kid you go too. for a triple at that point. Why not? And then he goes, and then he goes home, and then the entirety of Gotham rallies behind the Joker, because they're like, it's a clown mask or someone in clown paint. We don't know who it is. They killed these boys, but, like, the poor of Gotham... Are mad at Wayne Tech. Are mad because they're like, good, there's three less garbage Waynes in this world Ooh. of these these super, super elites. Ooh. So he becomes like a rally... So, like, clowns become like a rallying cry for the poor in Gotham. So this is... Okay, so that's kind of weird. That sort of... It frames the movie in an odd place because it makes... It tries to make Joker the hero of the disenfranchised when really he's the villain yeah he's of he, like chaos and disorder right and the thing the thing is is that so he he goes on like a comedy stage he like has this crazy hallucination where he's like oh i'm great at comedy now stand up comedy after he gets fired from his job uh, and he goes up and he has like a really bad performance and someone videotapes that and they send it to this Murray talk show and they play it and they're just making fun of him the whole time. And this is after his mom has a stroke and he's just all conflicted because it's like his mom had a stroke, almost dying. She's the worst person ever. <laughs> yeah, yo, I mean, yeah, I mean, I get that. I get that. You, you know, you're going to care about your family no matter what the situation is. It's a but, hard then, but then you find out what she's done to you. It's a hard. That's a hard boat. But so, how does this become? Honestly, none of this is society's fault to me so far. Right. Well, I mean, at this point, he's he's been a victim of several of the failings of it, whether it be the social services that failed to provide for him. But okay, now that one, I yes. However, like him having the gun and taking it to the cancer thing—that's that's his fault. He's stupid. Crazy, but yes, yes. Um, like, I don't, I don't know. I feel, I don't know. Anyway, so what happens? So after he, um, so after he does the murder, gets made fun of. So he, he finds out that like he's on this Murray talk show that he's like he's dreamed about his whole life. Basically, he's had like 
hallucinations that Murray was his dad. And he's like, man, I would really love to have a son like you. Right. But so he just sees him making fun of him, and then he just loses it. Um, now, at this point, his whole world is falling apart. So they call him, and they're like, hey, uh, we want you on the show. And it's then a cool like, moment. Right. He's like, cool. So then he goes. Okay, but okay, but really this moment right here where he's going on the show that he's always wanted to be on, everything that's gone wrong for him, and now he has this opportunity. Like, this could be the thing that fixes it for him. Right. And then what happens? Well, then he gets, he, he goes, this is where he, he, like, officially snaps. He goes back to the hospital after, so then he, that's when he goes to the Arkham Asylum and finds out all this stuff about his mother. Okay. Then he kills her in the hospital. He suffocates her. Okay. Uh, goes back to his apartment, and this is where you get the scene where he's dying, coloring his hair and painting his face. And then one of the, the old clown, his old clown buddy walks in and, uh, or not walks in, but like wants to say condolences for the death of his mother. Uh, and he's got all his clown makeup and then he kills him. <laughs> Just cause? Uh, maybe cause he gave him the gun and he like started him on the spiral down. Okay. All right. So it's somehow it's his fault too. So he kills him and then he goes onto the talk show. Well, First, he theorizes like what he's gonna do is like he's gonna sit down and then kill himself on air. Okay, wow. Uh, but he decides against this, and so when he gets to the show, he's dressed as the Joker. So he's got his old thing, and he's like, "I want you to introduce me as the Joker." And he's like, "All right, fine, sure, you know, whatever." Weirdo. So he gets onto the thing, and like he has a super bombastic intro, and then he's just just gets super angry at him. And kills him on air. <laughs> kills him on air? Yeah. Wow. So then, like, Gotham erupts into riots. The whole city's burning. He gets arrested. A car crashes into the, the cop car that he's in, and they, like, take him out. Well, they didn't kill him, but, like, they literally pull him out of the car and, like, sit him there. And then this is when um, Bruce Wayne, his parents die. <laughs> They get mugged at uh, in the alleyway. In Crime Alley? In Crime Alley while the city's on fire. <laughs> That's not even the story of Bruce Wayne. That's not even what happens. Well, his parents died. Well, yeah, but it wasn't at a riot. They were literally at the opera. Yeah, no, they were at the nope. opera. The nope. city explodes. They try to go back to their car, and then they get mugged in the side alley. <laughs> That's all that happened. So that's the movie? That's it. That's I guess he movie. runs off and never well, yeah, be he caught. Goes, no, he gets caught. He gets he gets put in Arkham Asylum. We do see that. Yeah, no, I don't... No. <laughs> Hard pass. Well, like, the story events don't... Like, it's just me explaining it. Like, you have to watch it. No, but, like, it didn't... I don't know. None of the previews seemed appealing to me. None of them. Like, there wasn't a single time where I saw a preview and I said, I want to see it. The first... The, the only time it ever looked interesting to me was the first uh, s- screen test. When they're doing the spinny thing with the Joker paint, and like it would catch on Joaquin Phoenix's face, and they're playing like weird music in the background, I was like, "This looks interesting." But then every preview has just been weird. It's 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 a very weird movie. Like, it's definitely a movie that it, like me explaining it doesn't really like do it justice. Like, you really have to watch it because it's really the performances and like Joaquin Phoenix really sells this role. 
No, I heard he does great in it, and I'm not trying. I'm not trying to talk take away from that. I just honestly, it, it you know, my tastes are everywhere. Yeah, I I just I haven't I hadn't seen a single preview where I was like this movie looks interesting and I will I will watch it. Not one, not one. To be honest, the Terminator previews look better than the Joker previews to me. Yeah, but Terminator wasn't that good either. Did you see it? No, but I've also not I've never heard anything good about it. I I, I don't know. I don't know. But sometimes you don't watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> I just honestly, I I feel like I think a lot of the noise about this movie was unnecessary. I think a lot yeah. of people, without seeing it, jump to some conclusions. Um, I do think it's an excuse movie. It it makes an excuse for bad behavior. There was a movie featuring Jodie Foster, where I think it's I don't even remember what it's called now. But the plot of the movie is she's a victim of a horribly violent crime. I think she's even raped in it. And as she's, like, trying to take back her, like, energy and her control and her life, she just kind of goes vigilante on the world and mm. just starts gunning down criminals in the street. And the city just starts talking about it. And the police working her case are trying to, you know, solve her case. And they're constantly having to deal with these other murders and, like, there's talk radio and there's media involved and like the influence of like, oh, is a vigilante okay? And it just sort of spreads. Like the Punisher is supposed to be a cautionary tale. Like going around murdering people because they commit crimes isn't the answer to things. And so the idea that the Joker inspires society to rise up against the disenfranchised, like against the one percent, but it's kind of a weird. Well, the, the other thing, the other thing that I think is kind of important is that they they take the Joker as a political point. It's the spin of the media and other people that are making him this political figure. When re- in reality, he's a crazy person who killed the people that hurt him. No, I, no, I get what you're saying. I just, I think a movie is doing that, and there's been other movies that have done that before. So that's not an original concept in a movie. Oh no, it's not a, it's not the most original concept in the thing. I, uh, what I, what I was trying to say was there's been other movies that have done it. The Jodie Foster movie does it where they they focus on her actions meaning something like people are calling in and going, "Well, heck yeah, we should be killing drug dealers on the streets who are dealing drugs." And it just kind of reveals the sad softness of our society where our morals and our principles only extend to our levels of comfort. Right. And then once something is uncomfortable and we have to make hard decisions or unpopular ones, we suddenly no longer believe the things we think we believe. It's when, not as easy anymore. Right. When it's hard, it it's hard, and that's the point. Um, I just, I don't know. Making him, I know what you're saying is that some people, and some people in the media would absolutely do that. No, I'm saying like that's in in the universe. Yeah, well, no, I, I'm I'm saying right now I could easily I can name some people in the media who would immediately jump on the bandwagon of this is clearly how certain people feel and act, and therefore this is how we need to treat this. Could you see that? Yeah, like really easily you could see that. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean that's yeah. like half the half the articles about it are like this is a bad and dangerous film that shouldn't exist. When it's really, I mean, it's, first of all. That's a stupid thing to say. Right. That's just an absolutely stupid thing to say. There's no such thing as a dangerous film. Um, I remember there was a film that came out a long time ago called Unfaithful. And in it, it talks about 
The, the woman cheats on a man in a marriage. He finds out, and eventually he kills the the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And the wife, I think the wife even lies about it to the police at that point. She independently figures out it happened. And it and it was a conversation movie. It starts conversations about what would you do. Uh, the idea is you see the movie, and then at dinner afterwards, you and the other couples you, you went out with, they're all talking about it going... Oh, man, I don't know what I would do in that situation. Right. And it's all the hypotheticals, and it's all the tough guy, and it's all the, of course I would, and maybe I would, and I don't know, and does this justify that? And ultimately what you have to ask yourself is, what do you as a, what are your principles on things like that? Like, betrayal is a tough thing to deal with, but the reality is, do you think people deserve to die if they betray you? Right. Like is it that bad? Like, what would they have to do to earn death in a betrayal? Right. Like, would they have to kill someone else? Right, exactly. And then it's like, do you do, do you, you love solve, your, Do you solve that murder with murder? Right, and do you love your wife so much that, like, you kill people who try to take her from you, and then you, what, she has to stay with you? Like, right. the whole thing becomes a... So, like, the idea of a conversation movie is exists, and it sounds like that's what the Joker wants to be, is the conversation movie. Right. Um, but there is no such thing as a movie, quote-unquote, too dangerous to ex- that that's not also i mean you have to be some so i know we're we're going to take a break here in a second but you have to sometimes be willing to have a hard conversation about right what is no matter how you feel about things and i guess in texas i'm a pretty liberal individual because i consider myself independent but even i have limits where i go well no people are deserving of forgiveness and opportunity and 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 moments to betterment mm-hmm. but when they commit certain crimes they f- they still have to serve the punishment for that before they can move over to the next part of this right and so to be like oh he's a victim no he's not a victim he's not a victim no he's not a victim and and there are other people who deal with mental illness and manage it and make it so and i think the bigger fear from some people is that this was going to make mental illness a vehicle for villainy like oh if someone's mentally ill then they're the bad guy and I don't think that's part I don't, of, I don't think that's, that's not that's not the case. I don't think that's part of the element at all of the equation. I think especially in the Batman universe, there is an element of all of Batman's characters have a unique obsession that is what drives their villainy anyway. Right. But no one's ever been like, "Oh, the Batman villains are problematic." Right. I mean, look at Bane. He's just a Hispanic guy with a drug addiction, but he's real smart and he loves luchadors. Yeah, he's great. Bane's fantastic. Frankly, I mean, Bat- Bane's my hero. Bane is my hero. <laughs> He's not my hero. Steroids. Ste- um, he broke the Batman. Like, he, no other guy can say that. That's true. He's broken, like, three times since then, too. Right. Like, story, like, those stories keep happening. It just keeps reason. happening. Bruce is like, I've put my spine back together how many times because of you? <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> um, we're Big, gonna, does that make Joker, like, okay, we'll do this when we come back. We'll ask, is Bat, is Joker even the best Batman villain? All right. Uh, when we come back, we got more Nerd Thug Radio coming your way. Yep. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. 
Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back, Conroe, to some more Nerd Thug Radio. Like every time, as soon as we go back on the air, you want to sneeze or call for I'm y'all. dying. Help. You have the you have the radio awareness skills of like the three blind mice. <laughs> I look up to them. <laughs> look towards them. Look in the direction of. How would they know? <laughs> they wouldn't. Uh, all right. So we are on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. Uh, make sure to check out the Facebook.com backslash nerd thug radio. Uh, we just finished talking about the Joker movie. Um, clearly one of the most successful rated R movies. I mean. Oh, yes. I guess it's worth saying that. This, um, is, this is quite quite a success for the DC franchise. So right as we were getting out of there, we we wanted to quick vote. You who you who do you think is the best Batman villain? Oh, I think hands down Bane. You think Bane? I think he's he's the he's he has the least wrong with him. Like he's at least a functional member of society. What do you uh, mean? He leads like a whole cartel. Exactly. What's he's he supports his own economy and his people. <laughs> wow. Um and also he figured out who Bru- who who the Batman was. Does he? Yeah, in I one in one of in one of the things he because f- he has photo he has a photographic memory, and he eventually finds out who Bruce Wayne is within like a year. <laughs> okay, all right. So he's actually really smart and really impressive. Literally, the only thing wrong with him is that he runs a drug cartel and is addicted to drugs. Well, and he's a, a murderer. And, and also, yeah, guy. I mean that comes with the cartel. <laughs> okay, all right, interesting. Leave out there. Um, that list got weird. Um, okay, all right, I mean, I guess. And he breaks the Batman several times, like, he's he's top tier, like, right now. <laughs> I think there's some really underutilized ones, like, that are due for a comeback. Like, I think, uh, I think Scarecrow. Oh, yeah, that is, uh, I think. The idea that, like, to play with people's fears. Right, and to do so, like, both literally and, like, chemically. Right. With his fear de- toxin, fear gas thing. Right. Which I feel is super underutilized, because they do a great job of it in, like, the Arkham games. Yeah. Because it's horrifying <laughs> well he, and then there was also like a there's a, a really good episode where batman thinks his identity has been compromised and all the sidekicks get killed and he's on the run and it turns out it's just scarecrow. it's all like a massive hallucination from the scarecrow yeah so yeah, like he's he's a great villain too i i feel like he's under i like i feel like there's like a really like ba batman scarecrow arc Somewhere that that needs to happen. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but I guess plus, if I was, he, plus he becomes a yellow lantern at one point, which is like perfect. Right. I guess if I was picking like individual, <laughs> like I think uh, the Joker is iconic and a great villain, but I don't. I I genuinely don't think he's the best. I think he's important because he's like the antithesis to Batman, and they kind of talked about that in the Killing Joke, where like one wouldn't exist without the other. Right. Um. Yeah, because the Joker believes that the Batman needs the Joker. I think Joker needs the Batman. I don't think it's the other way around. I don't think they need each other. I think Joker needs the Batman, but I also think 
Joker and Batman believe Gotham is theirs. Yeah. Um, I think, I you know, in a world of superheroes. Yeah, exactly. Like, no one else decided to go to Gotham. It's just the Batman. Yeah, it'd be interesting, right, to see, like, another superhero show up and be like, I got this. Well, like, there's a ton. Like, the Martian Manhunter at any point could, like, be like, hey, Batman, you know, because he's, like, super B.A. and strong. Um, in one Justice League comic, Superman makes, like, the comment that, there, and, like, there's a top five, he has, like, in his head, like, a top five list of people he never wants to fight, and, like, Manhunter's, like, number two. Yeah, because he's ridiculous. Yeah, all the different superpowers. Um, Like, he's got one weakness, which is just fire. I think the way they've done the Joker now makes, or uh, the Penguin now makes him one of the more interesting, because, like, the Cobblepots are, like, an old Gotham family now. So, like, there's, like, political power, and then he still is, like, a gun runner. He has, like, a, a legitimate front to him. He's a businessman. He's Danny DeVito. He's Danny DeVito. Like, I think there's a real interesting... <laughs> I don't think that last part's true. Um, he, I think at least one time was portrayed by Danny he DeVito. He was. Jonah Hill recently, uh, it's believed, turned down the role of the Penguin. That's so disappointing. It's because he's not fat anymore. Fat. I, th- I, th- I don't know what they wanted to do there, but I think Jonah Hill was like, I don't really want to... I don't want to be the penguin. I don't think I want anything to do with this. <laughs> you see, I don't want to be DC, or I specifically don't want to be the penguin because it means you just be a meme for a little while. Well, and also, I don't think Jonah Hill's done a lot of action movies. No, but I mean, the penguin's not really a guy for like super stunt, anyways. He's more like machine guns, also robot penguins. Yeah, but I feel like that at some point they're gonna, if if they were doing this Batman where it seems like it's gonna be really grounded down to earth, it seems like it would it would be a little more action oriented. Maybe. A little more violent, and he's like, "Man, I'm good." Um, I, I, mm, there's some interesting villains. I'm gonna go. I guess my final answer is gonna be Scarecrow for right now. I think, I but think. only because of like be- what the potential I see. Yeah, no, I, I I definitely see that. I think he's he's definitely because there's there's not only like, oh man, he's kind of a spooky, but like the fear toxins like a real deal. Well, and also he's supposed to be like a trained psychologist, so the idea that he like he can really play to your fears individually. Right, it's not just a, oh, this kind of spooky thing. So, there was a Daredevil arc where Daredevil, he thinks he's found a baby that is uh, the Antichrist. And, like... I forget how religious Daredevil is. Yeah, he's super Catholic. And um, he's he believes he's being told by God to kill the baby. And he's trying not to. He wants to be the hero. Um, and it all turns out to be Mysterio, who's really dialed in and and just made this masterful illusion story around Daredevil. And it's like when one of these guys takes the time to really... Like really hammer home? Really get into it. Oh, yeah. There's like no... There's like basically no stopping them. It's kind of like it, like the one Mysterio scene from like Far From Home. Yeah. But like amplified like times 20. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. When they have time to prepare, like any of these guys could really take it to that next level. Um, and it's funny because Batman is the guy who is like known for preparing and taking things to the next level. Yeah, really, I would like to see more stories where Batman like has to prep to take down somebody. Yeah, like what's the I prep feel like? Look yeah, like? I feel like he always just kind of walks in and just kind of does everything. It's like and it, right. Well, but like, what does that really look like? Aren't we supposed to be like? Isn't Batman the guy who's like prep time? Batman could take down anybody. Yeah, well, and then the other part of it is like he's all he's like a Boy Scout. He's always prepared. Right. So then, what does that look like? Like. Yeah. What's the intel? Like, so I watched the West. I'm rewatching the West Wing, mm-hmm. and so like, it shows you. It's it's fictional, but it's based around the concepts of how the presidency works. So like, there's intel briefings. We're literally in the room. They tell them like the 30 things that are going on in the world, 
that might be an issue for the United States at any given time. And so it's like, is that what Batman has to do? Yeah, is he sitting there with his bad computer? Like getting... Alfred's reading some emails. He's talking, throwing out all the junk emails right. that he's getting. Right, and then like, how do you prioritize and what do you deal with? And then, I don't know, I'm just curious, like, what, what would that look like? What would that world be? Yeah, that'd be an interesting. Concept. It's always it's always an, it's always like an implied one, right? It's all behind the scenes, but I think as we've, I think as comic books have changed, and comic book readers have changed, we now no longer just accept the surface of it. We now go deeper. We want to know, like, okay, Aquaman's king of the ocean, but now it's like, well, what does it mean when you're king of the ocean? Oh, okay, Superman's an alien, but like, what is the world like? Like, you know what yeah, I mean? What like, was his alien world? Or and so and then the house of L is a house. Okay, well, what does it mean to have a house of Krypton? Like, what does that mean? And so there's all these different levels of depth we go to now. So yeah, I think it's the natural next step is to tell the Batman story where somebody like, like, what is it like to be Bruce Wayne when you're Batman? Yeah. It's interesting. I'm 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 intrigued. Um and this is why they can do a Batman movie, but they haven't done really any of them recently. Well, and this is going to be like a year one young Batman. Obviously, if you if you do the Twilight guy, it's going to be a young Batman. Oh, right. I forgot it is Robert Pattinson. Pat- uh, before Robert we get too something. much Robert Pattinson. Before go. we get too much further into anything, I want you to tell everybody about Cox ATA. Cox ATA leader in ATA martial arts now with Three convenient locations, one in Magnolia, one in Conroe, and one in the Woodlands. Uh, they got all kinds of great courses. Mention Nerd Thug Radio. Get two free weeks of training. It's a huge way. Fall in love with the staff, locations. If you can hear us on the radio, there's a Cox ATA location you can get to. I think it's this month of November. Kids train free. Or no, parents train free. Parents train free. Parents train free. So mention Nerd Thug Radio. Get your, get your two extra free weeks. Just sign up the little ones. They yeah. get two free weeks. There's a lot going on there, so make sure you get in there and let them know that you a lot of, you a lot of radio. Take advantage of the, the New book. Habit November, uh, which is probably what they should call it. I'm going to send an email and let them know. There you go. New Habit November. Um, but uh, also, just overall, yeah, Cox ATA, man. They're, they're great people. We love the Cox family. Uh, it's, it's fun to be a part of the whole team. Yep. Um, they, teach, they, they teach life skills. They build leaders. They, they leave a legacy. All right, where are we at time wise here? What do you want to do? You want you want to take another segment? You want to you want to jump into something? Uh, you'll be out up thirteen minutes. All right, so let's jump into something here, and we'll then we'll jump out and come back. Um, so out of all the Joker stuff, also came the criticism from Martin Scorsese that Marvel films aren't cinema. Ah, uh, yes, we talked about this before. We did. We talked about it before, and I and I. I said I think it felt like the old people not understanding the new stuff. Right. Uh, I want to clarify a little bit because I saw some people being super dismissive of Martin Scorsese. Like, oh, typical old white guy, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then someone else was like, oh, boomer, okay, boomer. I love the okay, boomer thing. It's so funny. I think that's great. I think it's fantastic because... The and when it comes to leadership and politics and big ideas, the the baby boomers have been incredibly dismissive of new ideas. So, the okay boomer line is hilarious in that regard. Um, I do think it's 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 dismissive, but it's supposed to be that. It way. is me- it is is a hundred percent meant to be dismissive. It is meant to say, okay, guy who ha- doesn't want to do anything new because the old way still works. And, got it. And your life's already set and mine's falling apart right. at the seams because I yeah. can't do anything. It's time for some some different ideas because 
what worked before is no longer working as well. I think that that's something anyone can agree on when you evaluate a lot of these situations. And it is it is dismissive, but it's intended to be dismissive. Um, but I think it's a great. I think it was a great line and a great moment it's, virally. It's really funny. People uh, people are really hurt. By they it, are so. actually. I saw an email that already went around in a company that OK Boomer could definitely, if said by management, could be misconstrued as dis- as discrimination. Yeah. So they were like, please don't be saying OK Boomer to your older staff. <laughs> Dictionary.com, uh, some, somebody compared it to the, the N-word. Yeah, I did see that. And dictionary doc, Dictionary.com snapped back on Twitter, which is hilarious. And they're like, Boomer is literally just an, like an, a casual way of describing people born from this era. The N-word is one of the most offensive words in the English language. Yeah, it's definitely a crazy... <laughs> they are not the same they thing. They aren't the same. And a lot of people now... Oh, all right, let's do this. Let's jump to a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk we'll get into Martin Scorsese. We'll get into OK Boomer. We can have we can do all kinds of things. It's pop culture. It's Nerd Thug Radio. We'll be right back. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses, be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio. We're hanging out here on this Monday, having a good day. Hope you guys are too. Uh, it's starting to cool off a little bit, you know. It's that cold wave. It's coming in. It's coming it's in hot. It's been cold all last week too. Coming in hot. Get it? Coming in cold. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Weather. Uh, yeah, weather jokes are hard. There's no good weather jokes. Uh, all right, so before we get into anything here on 104.5, 106.1, these sister stations, and I do want to mention we're streaming on IRLoneStar.com. Uh, and then beyond that, we're also um, go to facebook.com backslash nerdthug radio. And uh, we're pretty awesome. So just hang out with us. That's where all the magic happens. Before we get into anything, let me tell you guys about The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more on 1488. Um, these are some of our best buds, them and the Cox guys. We hang out all the time. We just do it. We just, we're tight. Um, they got a lot going on this week, though. Tuesday, November 12th is Star Wars Game Night from 5 to 8 p.m. Any and all Star Wars games welcome. Wednesday, November 13th, is Demo Night Dude. Dude is a fast-paced party game where you explore the many ways to say dude to each other. Match match cards to score a point. You already lost. Dang it. Friday, (laughs) November 15th from 4 to 8 p.m. is Cosplay and Craft Meetup. Uh, This is where you can kind of come in and and watch how other people craft and learn about it. If you're interested, you're curious. If you want to be a cosplayer, this is where you can start it. It's also where people are going to be coming in and having a good time. Friday, November 15th from 7 to 10 p.m., Friday Night Magic Standard Constructed Tournament. Um, yeah. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Uh, a lot happening. A lot happening.
happen at the Adventure Begins Comics games and more. I get my books there. We're there every Friday hanging out. We're trying to get the Hero Click started up. There's going to be prize support coming and things of that nature. The OP stuff. We're working on it. We're working on it. Um, all right. What do we want to do here? Do we want to do OK Boomer or do we want to do more Scorsese? Which do you want to do first? I think they go hand in hand. Uh, I I do think they go hand in hand. You're right about that. Let's do it this way. Okay. So I don't think people should be dismissive of Martin Scorsese. I think... No, because he's he's a legitimate filmmaker. I I think it goes without saying that he's a legitimate filmmaker. Like, he's made good movies. I I think... He's an accomplished and well-respected filmmaker. And if he hadn't said something negative about something most people love, he would still be beloved himself. Right, yeah. This doesn't make him a bad person, although I don't agree with his opinion about this. I think what's happening a lot is a lot of people now can no longer allow... If you disagree, you're bad. And that has become a a strong mentality of it. There's few and far people who can have the civil discussion... Right. Um, it's hard. It's it like civ- <laughs> civility has fallen apart. We live in a world of chaos. Right. And, and it, Twitter arguments. It, I, think I, that's, think, I think that's the Twitter argument part is the big part. I think if you can't dial it, if you can't distill it down to 140 characters, right. then it's then it's terrible. And well, so it, like it's become simple things like you'll see capitalism good, socialism bad. And it's like, well, it's not really that. It's not that black simple. And white. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can give you a hundred case studies where capitalism was the direct result of, you know, b- terrible things that have happened in our economy were the direct result of capitalism taken too far. And then I can give you tons of examples of great things that have occurred due to the socialistic nature of taxes and using them. Um, like, there's just there's arguments for all things. And so, when someone goes, "Oh, Martin Scorsese said something bad about Marvel films," and they're not, listen, let's be clear, they're they're not high art. There are other movies that say more things or try to be more in-depth with concepts than Marvel films. Right. Marvel films are designed to be entertaining and profitable. They don't necessarily want to tell you a morality story. They want you they want to they want to entertain you. I don't they don't That doesn't make them not cinema and not art though. Uh, you know what? I'm not uh I don't think I don't consider Far From Home art. I do. Art? Yeah. I don't. I, I, th- I think. I think. I think. I think when I think of art, I think of grander, more classical things than what we're doing in modern times. Right. Maybe it's I, not for us to say what is art. Well, I think. I think that's a very important point: is that art is very subjective and can be viewed in many different ways. You know, some people walk into like see this old painting and be like, "This is garbage." I, you know, I've seen Instagram people paint better things than this. God, I hate old painting, but like that's all art is, right? Right. Like when you go to a museum of 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 art, it is just a, a bunch of old paintings. I know it sounds stupid to say that out loud. But like I don't, I don't look at it and go, "This is art." Right? Yeah, you're not, you're not. This is art, and some people are like, "Look at the way this is composed. This is clearly genius." And like, yeah, and there's, there's someone who can ex- appreciate exactly. That. And there's a level of talent that was involved there that I don't understand, and it's because I don't know classical painting art and how that works. Right. I I agree with that. And there are things like I think there are things that have been done that are artistic in some movies, like Into the Spider Verse, does a great thing where. Miles Morales is moving at a slower frame rate than the other characters while being Spider-Man because he's not as good at them at being Spider-Man. And then as he improves, he catches up to them in frame rate. God, that movie is art. That is one of the best movies. But it did win an Oscar, too. Right. Meanwhile, 
pretty much the entire Marvel catalog has never once been nominated for an Oscar. Not even for like costuming or special effects. Uh, Suicide so, Squad did. Yeah, for makeup. I mean, that's partly because Killer Croc looks crazy, and then you find out like it's not a CGI, and you're like, well, that's a that's actually pretty impressive uh, for crazy. So to me, I think that there are. I think Hollywood has done a good job of defining what they consider to be art. Mm-hmm. By nominating, not nominating, by voting, not voting for certain things. I don't disagree with him in the sense that kind of all of Hollywood didn't. Listen, Lord of the Rings got tons of nominations. You know, like I'm, there are tons of nerd things when they're done right are nominated. So the idea that, oh, Marvel's being ignored or overlooked. No, they just haven't. They haven't really excelled. They haven't that reached way. that level. Black Panther did. Did it do? Yeah, they got they got some. Nominations. Oh, it did get nominated for Best Picture, didn't it? Yeah. So and that's fine. That's okay. There you go. There's one that's been nominated for a couple different things. I think costuming and some other stuff yeah. was done there. And that, I think that, it won. I think it won costuming. But that makes sense because the costuming of that movie was some next level stuff. They created an entire culture, an entire fictional country, and then they applied a fashion sense to it. That is worthy of an Oscar. Does Does Iron Man two need an Oscar for for best for best wardrobe? No, no, because it's Iron Man in a suit. It's a rich guy. We've seen those. They didn't do anything new there. Do like Mickey Rourke though. I do like Mickey Rourke, uh, but I don't. It doesn't. doesn't, it doesn't change need, anything. Yeah, it doesn't make it an Oscar worthy argument. Um, and it doesn't make any of those movies better or worse. Can't believe people don't like Iron Man two. You know, it doesn't. It's not as good as say three or one. It is the worst of the three Iron Mans, which does make it one of the worst Marvel movies. But it's still good. It's still good. It is still good. <laughs> That's the Marvel problem. <laughs> that is the Marvel problem. Is the bar is pretty high, but I, I wouldn't. I don't need to stop and go. These are art. It's not the same argument. Like comic books are people who there are comic books that are art and that are yeah. But but if you're gonna make that, you know, it's somebody's you know talent and drawing and coloring and lettering and like that's all important, you know. No, but, but what I mean is there are particular issues that the comic book community look at and go, this is art. This is art. And and that's what I think it is, is when your industry recognizes you, that's when that's art. That's fair. And I, you know, I don't think he said anything out of line there because, again, the Marvel Universe isn't recognized nationally for any of these things. So now to the boomer side of it, yeah, he's totally being dismissive of something this whole generation loves. So, no, I don't. Yeah, I agree. He's, he's not wrong. But does yeah, anyone like, need to stand up in the back of the room and go, yeah, but it's not art? No. Who cares? Yeah, it's not that serious. You don't just because you don't consider something art because you have some idea of it in your head. Like again, you call you call them old paintings. Yeah, but some people that's like some of the most that's important. blasphemy, right? Yeah. That's some of the most important art of of human history, and you're just like small paintings, dude. Yeah, it's just some old paintings, right? No one needs me in the back of the art room going, "These are just old paintings," right? And I agree with that. That is an okay boomer dismissive concept that I'm introducing there, and that's what Scorsese did there in that conversation. And I think that that's why people are dismissive of him. But I also think people need to recognize that he has earned his right to speak. Right. Yeah. If, if Jerry, if Jerry Rice wants to talk about the receivers of current day in the NFL, well, he's the best receiver of all time, so he's allowed. Yeah. He and can. He can have that. He can have that. And Martin Scorsese is one of the best filmmakers in American cinema, so he's free to comment what he wants. Now, doesn't mean he's right. It doesn't mean he's right. And it also. Just because you can say something doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you, you should. should. Exactly. And the comment was unnecessary because it's kind of just the back of the room nonsense where it's like everyone's taking a victory lap about comic book movies and he wants to be the guy in the back of the room going, It's not art. Yeah, that's fine. This is like $4 billion, but whatever. Whatever. This is like 10 years of someone of so much hard work and effort. Right. Whatever. Whatever. 
And so he is trying to be dismissive of, of a massive undertaking, but it is he's not incorrect. And that's sort of more and more and more I'm over the five word everyone else is wrong answers of things where it's like Okay, boomer. <laughs> I, I am. Well no, I'm just over the whole concept of like um I was thinking about this the other day, and this is political, but I'm not gonna get too heavy on it, is capitalism Good, we, have, we have thirty seconds. It's like when people say capitalism uh is great and, and socialism bad. And, oh, you just want to be socialist, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, I'm driving on roads created by socialism. So, yeah, like, to be like I'm driving past hospitals created by socialism. Right. Just Police are keeping us safe with socialism. Like, there's this whole concept. And then capitalism created things like Enron. Um, like, no one ever mentions Enron when they're talking about the, the greatness of capitalism. Well, let's talk about the, uh, the banking d- fiasco of just 12 years ago where capitalism was let to run rampant. Regulation was removed. And lo and behold, when left oh. to their own devices, <laughs> the world fell apart. They nearly crippled the world with capitalism. Good job, America. So when we talk about how we've done a pretty good job of recovering, though, it only took us have. twelve years. It only took well. Listen, and here's the other part. And here's the thing that's important about it: is recessions happen, and these things happen. And it's historically, when you look back, but they happen in a capitalist economy. So if we're going to say that capitalism exists, you got to ex- you got to examine it, the whole picture. Right. There are there is no five word yes or no answer, and I think we've gotten so soundbite. We've we've gotten we've gotten so black and white when really the entire world is gray kind of argument where it's like yeah everything's ev- infinitely more complex than this is good this is bad and if correct you, if you view the world that way you need to really take some time to look at your views and why you hold them correct and I think it's time to. I think we need to get back to that moment of conversation about things. Talk to people. Don't just yell at them. Right. And, and and I'm saying this because, listen, we just had an election night. It wasn't anything major. Next year, there's a massive election. Super important. Everyone should register and everyone should Participate vote. in elections. Correct. They're important but for your life. As you as you register to vote and go to vote, have these conversations with people and give them the opportunity to explain why they disagree with you learn because an informed democracy is one that functions i mean listen it'll run the other way but it's way worse and i think we see that right now heavy shrug (laughs) all right let's jump out here when we come when we come back on thursday it'll be nerd thug sports and then on friday we'll do a little bit more nerd thug radio for nico dlg and myself same nerd thug time same nerd thug channel The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. Hey, Haywood Jeffries, former Houston Oilers wide receiver on Nerd Thug Radio.